hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Boy, I'll tell you what, talk about an earthquake in uh, <laughs> D.C. I guess we had wow. one last night. Yeah, and you know, we were talking before the show, and they were saying, oh, it's not going to have any legs, this uh, this uh, trying to remove McCarthy. He's got to get so many votes. He's not going to Did you get... think it was going to happen? Did no. You th- did, did you really see? I didn't either. Last night when it happened, I said, wow, this happened. You know, and I said, Dan, this happened. She goes, no. I go, yeah, there it is. I said, you know, it's it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Good thing because he wasn't doing anything. I feel bad for him, but, you know, and he was mad. But the simple fact is he wasn't doing anything. Now, uh, you know, now they, they got to do something, but there are some weird things in the works. Um, this is interesting. It says... Uh, McCarthy is now the shortest-serving speaker since 1876. I'd like to know what happened in 1876. Uh, who did a shorter term as speaker? I mean, did McCarthy ever get, like, his coat off? Um, no, no, he didn't. Well, you know what, though? Hey, you, the, the, he should be honored. He's made the history books. He's the first speaker of the House forced out of a job in U.S. history. First time yeah. in history that he's been, like, booted. I saw his press conference last night, and he came out, and he was he was very gracious and smiling and uh, charming to all of the press, uh, and they were they were kind of nice back to him. Maybe they, they were nice back to him because he's no longer a guy in power. You know, he they were uh, kind of cracking jokes, and he holds no hard feelings, and... He's the luckiest man in the world. All those, all those things, and uh, so where does he go from here? I mean, because he doesn't lose his job. I mean, he's still the uh, he's still a representative from California. He just doesn't for now. Have... But will will he win that vote again? Well, you know, when you've been uh, in Congress as long as he has, even if he were to lose his seat, so many of those guys end up being a lobbyist in Washington and making far more money. And all a lobbyist is is somebody who has connections on the Hill, somebody mm-hmm. who can pick up a phone and call anybody in the House of Representatives and they'll hey, answer. Hey, Kev, yeah, you remember me. Yeah, yeah. I'm the guy, the first guy that's ever lost the seat there, yeah. Yeah, but I'm also the first guy to help you get your first bill passed. You remember that? So don't forget you know yeah. they, these guys they do okay they do they do just fine don't don't worry about them but getting back to what he's going to do like immediately he's going to be the representative from California and he's still going to you'll see his smiling face i would imagine the media will start to putting him on talk shows and stuff like that to get his opinion about how the new speaker is doing you know oh yeah because you know what's one thing that's going to happen if uh, we have uh, a second go around of a Republican Congress, mm-hmm. uh, the Speaker of the House has got to be voted on again, right? Yep, that has to. I guess they're going to do that Wednesday. Uh, yeah, but and- I mean, when when the you know obviously in the next election cycle, you know, Congress will be back up for it. You know, so yeah, yeah. It, every time there's a new Congress, there's a new vote for Speaker. You're right. Yeah, so um, he could he could uh, stay in Congress and be. In that seat again. What he said, and I, I really kind of agree with this, uh, it's a tenuous thing that you can be literally removed by the recall effort of one representative. But what I didn't realize was that that wasn't a new law. That no. that was the way it was up until Pelosi. This is what they said on TV yesterday. They said that up until Pelosi got in the office— uh, that was the way any representative could uh, have a motion to vacate. And, and then she got the job and for some reason, uh, they changed it and they dropped that, uh, one representative, you know, uh, motion to vacate rule, but they brought it back when they put uh, McCarthy in the job, they made it sound like it was an unusual situation when he got the job. Only they've just instituted this new this new um, procedure. Well, who instituted it? The rep- representatives did. The House did. It was done. Yeah. By, it was done. But it was done by. You're right. It was done by the Republicans. 
yeah. and they didn't they didn't add something to the House of Representatives. They just brought it back, you know. So, so the Democrats changed the rules to suit them, and the Republicans changed the rules to say, "Hey, you know what? This is what it should be." Yeah, and so yeah, okay, that's that's well, it, that makes sense. You know that he's he's gone from the speakership. And by the way, Nancy. getting back to the question about did I think it was going to happen? You know, yesterday morning, McCarthy mm-hmm. had said, "Trust me, by the end of the day." I'm still going to be Speaker of the House of Representatives. That's what he said. Every, and everybody believed it. You know, he's not going to get this through. Are you kidding? They were talking on talk shows. Oh, it's not going to happen. I mean, I don't know why Gates is doing this. He's just a troublemaker. He's trying to do it for the press. It's his ego. This is the kind of stuff they were throwing out there. You know, this is what the swamp does. It takes oh, yeah. good men with independent thought who do things out of their 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 lane, you know, they they're not doing the deep states bidding, and mm-hmm. they they try to minimize him. Oh, he's doing this because uh, he's trying to fundraise. He's trying to fundraise. The, you know, right. he's not talking about raising money. He's talking about changing the situation. I have Bill uh, a press conference he did an impromptu press conference. Uh, sure. uh, Matt Gates did on the steps of the Capitol, and uh, it's interesting. You get an idea of why he did it. Of course, he's surrounded by a gaggle of reporters, and uh, they're all vying for his attention. Listen. Lies to the House of Representatives today. To whose benefit? People have called you a narcissist. People say that is to your benefit alone. Is it to the benefit of you and to Donald Trump? It's to the benefit of this country that we have a better Speaker of the House than Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy couldn't keep his word. He made an agreement in January regarding the way Washington would work, and he violated that agreement. We are $33 trillion in debt. We are facing $2.2 trillion annual deficits. We face a de-dollarization globally that will crush Americans, working-class Americans. Kevin McCarthy is a feature of the swamp. He has risen to power by collecting special interest money and redistributing that money in exchange for favors. Uh, we are breaking the fever now, and we should elect a speaker who's better. You said last night that Steve Scalise was a name that you floated to potentially be speaker. Where do things stand right now? If not McCarthy, then who? Well, uh, you know, the stages of grief, I think, are uh, in progress right now with some of my colleagues. I think there was a stage of denial, and I've certainly experienced a good amount of their anger, and now we appear to be headed toward bargaining. I think the world of Steve Scalise, I think he'd make a phenomenal speaker. I'm afraid of $33 trillion in debt crushing the working people in my district. I'm afraid of the dollar losing its status as the global reserve currency. If they want to expel me, let me know when they have the vote. We've got less than 45 days left before you have to pass a budget, which is something that you've been wanting to do. Doesn't this just completely paralyze the House? I mean, we could see 15 more rounds. I don't think we will. Uh, I think Kevin McCarthy should take a hint after 15 ballots to become speaker, after eight months of a failed speakership, and after removal uh, in this historic manner, I think we should move on and find somebody else. What's paralyzed the House of Representatives has been the failure of Speaker McCarthy. What paralyzed the House of Representatives was not taking up appropriations bills. We left for a six-week vacation while the appropriations process hung in the balance. And because I forced these people to take a few votes, you think I'm paralyzing the House of Representatives? I think the House of Representatives has been paralyzed for the last several decades as we've refused to pass a budget as we've governed by continuing resolution and omnibus bill. So I think that this represents the ripping off of the Band-Aid, and that's what we need to do to get back on track. I say to your colleagues who argue you don't have another name right now. You don't have someone else who could get 218 votes. What do you tell those colleagues? Well, I would tell them that for certain, Kevin McCarthy can't get 218 votes, so let's try the next person. How do you pass something with respect? Pro Tem, obviously. Uh, there would have to be a, a real meeting of the minds there. Gates, how do you pass something if there's sorry, 200, said, if there's 200 Republicans? Somebody else has another question. Are you going to ask for uh, a guarantee from whoever is the, or, uh, floated as a candidate for the next speaker for them to actually move the appropriations process along 
in a speed that satisfies you? Yes. Congressman, at this Sir, will you be putting yourself forward for the speakership? Absolutely not. I have no desire to be Speaker of the House. How do you pass, Congressman, with, with all due respect, how do you pass something if you don't have 200 Republicans behind you? I know we've already asked about names, but what about Emmer and others? I think the world to Tom Emmer. He'd make a great speaker. Have you spoken with Emmer? Uh, I've spoken with him, but I'll probably keep our conversations between us. What was going through your head when the vote gaveled down and it was official McCarthy wasn't speaker? Just the, we we got to move to the next step. You know, we, we are not at the end of this process, okay? At, at most, we're approaching halftime. Uh, we've got to be able to assemble a governing coalition. We have to build from a place of trust. The reason Kevin McCarthy went down today is because nobody trusts Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy has made multiple contradictory promises, and when they all came due, he lost he lost votes of people who maybe don't even ideologically agree with me on everything. Take, for example, my colleague from South Carolina, Ms. Mace. She's She has different views than I do on a variety of subjects, but what we had in common, Kevin McCarthy lied to but all of us. Hold on a second. You're, talking, you're saying that nobody trusts Kevin McCarthy, but you're talking about including yourself, about seven Republicans compared to about 200 and, and, and about, you know, some odd Republicans who actually do trust him. So can you kind of explain yes. that here? Well, Where, as it turns out, getting 200 Republicans to trust you isn't enough to stay speaker. Compared to Congress, seven at this Republicans point, at this point, Have you, you spoken to former any? President Trump about this since the ousting? Was he supportive of, the, of what you were doing? Uh, I have spoken to President Trump over the last several days. The ousting only occurred several minutes ago, so we haven't spoken during that. President Trump, though, put on, he put on Truth Social that he didn't think this was a good idea. He didn't want to see Republicans fighting with other Republicans. How do you respond to the former president? Uh, I, I, would, uh, I would say that uh, my conversations with the former president leave me with great confidence that I'm doing the right thing. Did the former president call you today? Did the former president call you today? were concerned about the future of the conservative agenda and the House GOP. Uh, I would say that the conservative agenda was being paralyzed by Speaker McCarthy. We hadn't even sent a subpoena to Hunter Biden. Our oversight was lackluster. Our spending priorities were misaligned. The top line budget was going to lead to more inflation, more debt, more challenges. So the best way to advance the conservative agenda is to move forward with a new speaker. So are you gonna, what is the end game? Are you going to require that any future speaker elected allows the motion to vacate to stay at a one-person threshold? Yes. Considering that Steve Scalise votes in line with Speaker McCarthy most of the time, why should he want the job after this just happened? Well, that's a question for him, I guess, he's not me. He said he's uninterested. He's already said. He's oh, I haven't heard him say that. What has he said to you? Well, here's what I would say. Here's what I say. I think a lot of members are going to reflect on their thinking after this historic moment. I think anything that people have said before the McCarthy ouster uh, is probably uh, bearing less weight than the way people may be thinking about these questions after the McCarthy okay, ouster. So what is the end game? Comments about Steve Scalise yesterday and today. Will you yourself nominate Steve Scalise for Speaker of the House? Maybe. I, I want to see, I want to hear from him. I mean, I, I'm not here to make a judgment on where Mr. Scalise stands with his rehabilitation and recovery. I, I would give him the deference to be able to decide whether or not he'd like to put himself forward as a candidate, but he'd be the type of person that I could, I could see myself supporting. There are many people, though. I, I could see myself supporting Tom Emmer. I could see myself supporting Mike Johnson of Louisiana. I could see myself supporting Jody Arrington of Texas. I could see myself supporting Kevin Hearn uh, of Oklahoma. You know what? The, uh, the, the end game, the answer is democracy gets a second chance here. Yeah, you know, the thing I like about this is that I, I think that McCarthy was playing too many political games. You know, he comes across, he's very dapperly dressed. He has a wonderful smile. He is articulate. He has a calm demeanor. Uh, but you heard what Gates said. He lies to everybody. He, he makes these deals, and then he doesn't come through. I can think of one off the hand, offhand that he made with the American people, if you'll remember. He said, I'm going to release all of the January 6th video to the press. Everybody can have it. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. So, uh, yeah, And it needs to be released. I mean, we've gotten, you know, January 6th, we've gotten a lot of evidence out of that, the, you know, through, you know, nooks, crannies, grapevines, and whatnot. We now know, at least we, we found out, I think it was, you know, here recently, that um, the, the January 6th was a playbook that was written by an FBI operative. Yeah. So it wasn't Trump or Giuliani or anybody that is being held accountable for it. 
you know, and here we got Trump with 91 indictments and indictments aren't convictions, but you know, the accusations. What's interesting know, is that, uh, they spoke to Trump. Apparently, uh, Hannity uh, found this out. Listen. Now, sources telling me at this hour, some House Republicans have been in contact with and have started an effort to draft former President Donald Trump to be the next speaker. And I have been told uh, that uh, President Trump might be open to helping the Republican Party, at least in the short term, if necessary, uh, if it's needed. Kind of interesting, you know. People say, how can he do that? He's not a representative, but to be speaker, it's not a requirement. You don't have to be a representative. You can be anybody. Be you or me. Yeah, exactly. Now, the question that I have, because there is Rule 26, Rule 26 basically says, and it's, I think the Republicans actually are the ones put it in, uh, if you are uh, under indictment for a felony that can give you two years or more, you've got to walk away. You cannot uh, be speaker of the house now that bears into mind because the democrats threw 91 indictments after him these aren't uh, convictions or anything but it's going to be hard to sit there and fight 91 accusations as bogus as they are it's going to be hard to fight him is there anything congress or he can do if you walk into the I situation don't know. I, I you know you got me there i i i I'm or surprised. Can Rule 26 be thrown out well, the window, and uh, then that's just it. I I don't know, uh, I don't know whether it's even enforceable. You know, I mean, well, it's it's. I if think you're it's indicted, a you're rule. yeah. If you're indicted, you're not found guilty. It, right. you're, you're charged. You know, and in this country, you're innocent till proven guilty. So how can you preclude an innocent man from getting a job? Well, yeah. Well, the only thing that I think they could do is, number one, that rule could be, you know, overlooked because it's just, you know, it's it's not an enforceable rule from what I understand. It's just there. It'll give the left media something to fodder about. But, you know, we get to fodder about uh, Joe and the fact that the FBI now has been, the, the dots have been connected that Joe and his family, you know, in a Joe's own words, and according to his brother, they sat there and were connected to uh, Chinese operatives of helping them out and trying to help them with gas leases and everything else to China. Yeah, well, Hunter was in court yesterday. And, you know, they charged Hunter with the least difficult charge they could. Of course, they could charge him with. Yeah, that was it. Was the gun charge? He took a gun that he shouldn't have had because he lied on his application because he was a drug addict. And I guess on the application form. Uh, they ask, are you, you know, uh, uh, do you use illegal drugs? And he said no. And by that, he lied. And uh, so he took the gun that he had and he threw it in a dumpster right across the street from an elementary school. Well, they, they found the gun and they are charging him with this. And he went in and he said, I, I'm not guilty. I, I think to myself, how can anybody do that? It's well, his gun. It's his gun, but you know what? They're going to get down to a point to where they say prove it, because if you understand how well they can the relation, you got a registration on the gun. It was licensed to him. You know, it, it, I mean, he did own the gun. It wasn't like an illegal gun that he shouldn't have had. So they can prove. Yeah, but you know, if 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 the the gun shop, if for some reason uh, they fall into an investigation. We couldn't find any paperwork on the gun because that's where everything lies. You you go in to buy a gun and they go, yeah, okay, we need this information. You fill out the form and the form has a couple of catch-22s on it, by the way. That's mm -hmm. not there to trip you up entirely, but it's there to, you know, g get the gun shops. And I'm not going to go into that. You know, I haven't heard anyone say this, but uh, uh, they're going to throw the old, uh, it was stolen. I don't know how it got in that uh, dumpster. Uh, all I know is the last time I had it, it was in my my drawer beside next to my bed. You know, uh, it, it it they could. I mean, look, you you buy a gun, you fill out the paperwork. That paperwork stays with the gun shop. The only thing that they do in Washington mm -hmm. is they look at your your background there and see that's the other thing. You know, if they didn't have any any things. Anything there against this guy, 
you know, his gun, his gun purchase went through. Yeah, he's okay. Go ahead. He's a Biden. You know, they didn't check any background mm. information on him. And the application, it doesn't go to DC. It sits there in the files, the cap, the file cabinet of the gun shop. They could have tens of thousands of records, hundreds of thousands, depending on how old they are. And you know, whatever lost, happens, whatever happens, you know, he will, if you saw the he's video, get off the charges, yeah, what I'm if saying. you saw the video of him coming out of court, he was laughing and smiling, greeting people. You would have thought he was walking down the street in a parade. I, I, the only thing he wasn't doing was throwing, you know, penny candy at the at the crowd. He was going, he was, he was animated. It's because he knows darn well that even if he's found guilty, Dad's going to go. You pardoned. That's yeah, it. He's he's going to walk. Everybody knows it. So why even waste your time on it? Well, you know, Joe's going to be Joe pardon himself if uh, if it gets down to that, and they're getting close. I mean, you know, the the gas has been been turned on. The matches by the stove. It's going to blow up. You know, I didn't realize this. Um, Nancy Pelosi didn't move out of her big no. o- her big office. I thought that it was like the speaker's office, and when she lost her job, she would have to move, and the new speaker would move in. That you know, wasn't it'd be the terrible case. If somebody booted her butt out of there now. Well, Acting Speaker Patrick McHenry, one of his first orders was to have Nancy Pelosi vacate her Capitol hideaway office by Wednesday. Of course, that went over like a pregnant pole, Walter. Well, with, next uh, Wednesday or today? That's today. No. Uh, and, and Nancy was in California, and she was really upset. You know, she's, she's surprised that this is happening. She says it's a sharp departure from tradition. What, you, that you can keep your, your big office after you're not speaker anymore? Uh, the best part about the ruthless move by McHenry is that Pelosi isn't even in Washington. Uh, she's in California at the Feinstein funeral, and uh, she, she's concerned that she's not there to help move her stuff out. But Nancy, don't worry about it because there are pictures on the Internet right now. They have the Capitol movers taking all your stuff out. They're on your your TV's on a roller. Everything's being stored safely in uh, some secure area. Don't worry about it. But when you get back, just don't worry about that office because your key's not going to work. Your TV's on a roller. Here's a guy sitting there going with his foot on the yeah. back of it. Hey, Joe, catch <laughs> <What? this>. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, what yeah. I, I, th- I thought was interesting is he made the point to tell her that uh, we're changing the locks, too. So when you come back, if you think you can get into that office for old time's sake, not about it. It's done. Big thing happening today, Bill. Uh, we talked about it just before the show. Two twenty. At two twenty this afternoon, there's going to be a uh, a FEMA alert. It'll sound, uh, and they're going to send the alert across like cell phones, TVs, and radio. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, they're it's, covering all the bases. It, it, it's all the old Cold War stuff that we used to go through. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. You would have been advised, had this been an actual emergency, to yes. issue dairy area yes. advice. Yes, but Rush yes. Is doing you wouldn't be too. hearing my voice because I would have left the studio, oh, 15 or 20 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, you know, that's actually true. That's I used true. to sit there and say that, you know, when... I'm going yeah. like, yeah, you know what? I didn't get the authenticator <laughs> codes. This is just a test. Yeah. So, but if I would have had the authenticator co- to- the codes, codes, yeah, codes <laughs> I would have been in my car yes. and I would have seen the mushroom cloud in the rear view mirror. I'm sorry, friends, but <laughs> you know, I might have recorded something. But the good news <laughs> is this is only a test. This is only a test. <laughs> um, but the, this afternoon, a lot of people are concerned that it's more than just uh, a test uh, they're advising. And you can do this if you want to, or you can ignore it. Uh, but shut off your phone. Completely shut the phone off. I mean, I'm not saying just don't look at it. I'm, I'm saying power it down. Some people are going to put them in a Faraday bag for uh, a couple if of hours. If you don't have a Faraday bag, uh, bag just imagine... This piece of paper, this 8 by 11 piece of paper, and your phone right here, and say that piece of paper is foil, you put it in the middle, and you fold it over like you're wrapping it like a gift, and seal it up, and all of a sudden, your phone is in a Faraday case. Yeah. Pretty simple. Yeah, that's probably the cheapest way of doing it, too. Uh, And you got it right in the house right now, and your phone is protected, and turn off the radio and whatnot. 
that's if you believe that this could be all just political jousting because right. Russia's doing it. Italy, Italy just did it. Well, the thing about the, the thing about Russia, you know, people saying, what about, what, what, what about Russia? Russia is not doing a EB, um, EA, what do they call it? Uh, EBS test. Uh, it is doing a nuclear test. Yes. It's a drill what they're doing. They're essentially telling the whole country, we're not just going to run the alert and stuff like that. We're going to actually put into play the process of locking down the country and pretending that it's a real nuclear attack. This Didn't is a, they used to do this where they would actually, the people would have to go to their, their safety shelters? I think you're right, Bill. I think they used to go into the Moscow subways and stuff like that. Uh, that was they were designed, by the way, to be nuclear uh, fallout shelters for people in in Moscow. But I don't know how good that'd be. I mean, if if Moscow was ground zero, those better be deep subways. Um, but the thing is, they're not the only countries doing this. Italy mm-hmm. is doing it too. They, I guess Italy just did it. Italy just did their test. There's something going on. It's like this is not a holiday. This is not a season of of alerts. For all of these to be kind of bunched up together, uh, you got to wonder what the heck is going on and what do they know that we don't know. Um, But Uh, well, you know, it's like uh, you know, it's. Are you you putting your phone down for uh, two hours? Uh, you know what? I'm going to be out doing stuff this afternoon. I'll probably just leave the phone at uh, at home and uh, go out without it because I'll be honest with you. You've tried to call me before. Sure. I end up calling you back because my my notifications are off. I That phone goes off at the least convenient times. I'll be doing this podcast. It rings. It, you know, yeah. so are I you, you going to power it down before you leave? Yeah, I probably will. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would sure. also suggest when you power it back up, just for the sake of powering it back up, I would suggest you turn the screen away from you when you do that. You're going to say, why? This is a video online. I don't know whether you've seen this or not. But in China, uh, it shows people holding their cell phones like this, and there's a flash, and they fall over. Now, you may say, how can that happen? Uh, they're supposedly... Uh, a theory that uh, that I uh, get light waves can mess up your brain waves. I don't know. I, I, it's it's beyond me. It could also be staged. See, the thing is, you have nothing to lose by doing this, really. Yeah, I mean, as a matter of fact, if you just put your phone down and don't don't go near it or touch it for a couple hours, it might be a pleasant relief. I don't know about you, but every time I go out, I have to have my phone. It's, I've actually been in a situation where I forgot my phone and gone back to my house to get it. Because oh, I, yeah, you I turn feel, around and you're late for wherever yeah. you're going because you forgot your stupid phone. Yeah, I feel disconnected from the world if I don't have my phone. And I think back to myself, how did I live the first, you know, uh, 40 years of my life without a phone by my side? But I did. I mean, I can remember thinking, uh, who needs a cell phone? I got a pay phone right over there. You know, when oh, I was yeah, a younger man, yeah. it was like, hey, now you can't find a pay phone. They're like well, relics know, from the past. Yeah. Yeah, you know, anytime I needed a payphone, though, there was some, you know, some deadbeat that was on. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah, uh, hey, yeah. Hey, uh, what time <laughs> yeah, should true. I come over? Hey, you know, yeah. um, you got a few hours. Let's talk. Um, yeah, I'm getting high with the boys around eight o'clock, and I'm going to be stoned at one in the morning. I thought I'd come over. You know, <laughs> don't get off the phone. I have an emergency. I got a car broken down here. But you know, so you might want to just put your uh, your phone away for a couple of hours this afternoon. It's not going to hurt you. I mean, if if the people who are worried about uh, if they're if what they're saying happens and there is some kind of a uh, disruptive message that they're sending down the line via the the system, uh, you don't want to be uh, uh, you know hit by it. So you put it away, mm. and if nothing happens, you you get a couple hours to breathe without a, without a cell phone in your pocket. But you know, Jim, they don't need an EBS test to do that. They can sit there and put out some kind of cookie out there that drops in your phone and does some kind of notification to you. And you pick up, hey, well, who's calling me? Flash. Ooh, yeah. There you go. No, you're right. As a matter of fact, I, I thought you know, about this whole thing that I'm, I'm talking about. All they have to do is if you don't have your phone on, they can just 
leave the cookie. It downs loads when you turn it on. Exactly yeah. right. That's why I tell people to, you know, when you start your phone up, turn the phone away from you just just in case something happens, something loads that you don't want to load into your phone. Phones are these phones are amazing. By the way, we were talking about getting new phones around my house, and everything is five G. Mm-hmm. And I'm not crazy about 5G, Bill. First of all, who benefits from 5G? Oh, you and I, we, these cell phones that we have now, they're as fast as you'll ever need. They work just fine. I think they're 4G, but there's a big difference, supposedly. Uh, 5G, who needs it? But I I don't know. They there, really there, Yeah, there's, there's all kinds of environmental things that people talk about. Yeah. And... Also, 5G, you know, you're getting into a frequency range that has certain health disadvantages. That's exactly we'll put it, right. You know, that, uh, that have an well, effect on you with the microwaves and whatnot. But, I you mean, know, it's, it, we're beyond having a choice, Bill. Because whether we have a phone that accepts 5G or not, the system is all 5G now. So when you're out and about driving around and stuff like that, we're being bombarded with all this 5G, uh, sig- you know, all these signals. and uh, uh, But they don't ask you whether you want it or not. You know, they just stick uh, into the know, system. Uh, look, we're, we're into all that technology. We had this discussion over uh, video. You know, okay, you got HD video. Oh, no, but I want to get the 4K. Now they got 8K out there. You know, but nobody can the- tell the difference. You can't see it. You can you can only see up to the HD when you get into yeah. the 4K. What that does, it's like the difference between an MP3 and a wave. And you're going, what, what, Bill? Basically, a wave is the raw, real data. The compression is the MP3. MP3, you know, when I you defy somebody, it, though, Bill. Some guys, maybe they can, but if you play a song side by side, if it was recorded properly on MP3, mm-hmm. Most people can't tell whether it's MP3 or Wave. You can maybe because you maybe you're more of a tech kind of guy, but uh, I'm talking about the average listener. The first generation of an MP3, you're not going to be able to tell. Second, third, or fourth, you will. Wave, you won't. Because that's it. It's a, and that's the same thing with yeah. the 4K. That was the point that you sped me up to get to. If you got an HD, first generation, great. Second generation, it's all right. Third generation, maybe not so great. 4K, exact, 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 even more higher definition of the exactness with 8K. That's what it and is. And what they it's, talk about, you know, with 4K and 8K, what they can do, whether you know this or not, is if you have a widescreen image of somebody, you mm-hmm. can zoom in on that image and the close-up of that person has all the resolution of being an original picture. You know, if you if yeah. you if you zoom in at 1080p uh, to a close-up, sometimes you lose some of the sharpness and the crispness. You know, well, it's great for photographers too, and we don't want to get technical. Yeah. But let's say that you've seen those photos. And boy, they snapped that picture at the right moment, and it's it's you know the lightning was coming out and striking at the right time, and they got a perfect picture of it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be lucky anymore. You can just sit there and say, yeah, I'm going to put my camera, my 4K camera or my 8K camera mm-hmm. on capture mode, and it's going to just film it like a motion picture. And then you go, wow, you that know, lightning strike would be great. You can go zero back to it and extrapolate that in perfect resolution. That uh, you can take that picture is just like you were a brilliant photographer, and you're not. You know, we're talking about a lot of different things today, and but this here is interesting. Listen to this. I've been to Paris. I've been to France. It's a beautiful city. It is a historic city. Uh, the country, the country of France, is gorgeous, but mm-hmm. uh, they they can't be they can't cut a they can't catch a break. You're saying why? Well, you know they've had all these widespread de- demonstrations and you mm-hmm. know, all this. They've allowed so many illegals into their country that they've kind of taken over. They protest all the time, and uh, they want uh, France to capitulate even more than it's already capitulated. They want essentially to have France change towards them and not towards them changing towards being French. You know, what I mean. 
Uh, and that's what's going to happen, by the way, in this country. This, because they've allowed strangers into this country the way they have, uh, they're not going to want to become Americans. They're going to be in this country, and they're going to want Americans to accommodate them. You're saying, now, how can that be? I'll tell you how. I saw a picture of a uh, protest of illegals in this country, and they were all waving foreign flags. Mm-hmm. They weren't waving American flags. If they wanted to be here, they would have come into this country and they would have been waving our flag. They want to be Americans. No, no. They were waving Mexican flags, Venezuelan flags, Honduran flags. Uh, they were showing their support for who they really uh, are, you know, side with. In a lot of areas, you might hear somebody say, well, they, they're flying the squatter's flag. The squatter's flag is anybody's flag from a foreign country. Yeah. Where they're here probably illegally and they find an abandoned property and they go there, they take it over, and they fly their national flag there. It's you know, the squatter's flag. Do you know they're they're literally in some uh, military bases, they're squatting in the barracks. You're saying, what? There are some barracks that aren't totally full, mm-hmm. and squatters have found those barracks, and in some situations in our country— we have illegals in military bases. Honest to God. And what amazes me, having been involved, you know, in, in the military, that never would have happened uh, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. It wouldn't have happened because they, they maybe you were sleeping in the temporary old barracks, but they were clean, neat, and they knew who the heck was in that barracks. I don't know what the heck is. I think that's a reflection of how our military is being run by now from the top on down. You know, this touchy-feely kind of a military, woke military. Oh, we mustn't upset the illegals. Oh, it's only a few beds. Let them have it. Yeah, you know what, though? It gets down to our leadership. And the leadership that we have doesn't care about you or me and the condition of our environment, which might have been pristine five years ago, but in the past two years, gone to hell in a handbasket. But mm-hmm. as long as their little ivory towers are safe and secure and look great, they can give a rat's rear end about you. Getting back to uh, France, what we didn't tell you was that the city of Paris now is infested. Invest- <laughs> Easy for you to say. Uh, my mouth just fell apart. Uh, there's a lot of bed bugs all over the place, okay? Oh, so yeah. It's uh, just uh, crawling with bed, bed bugs, and they don't know where they came from. Okay, you tell me. A lot of people will say they probably came from a lot of strangers, uh, you know, who have uh, moved into your country and you know, using those beds. I mean, the place apparently is covered. We're not just talking about old buildings and old beds. It's everywhere in some of the new hotels and everything. Uh, yeah. what, what I would suggest is they do a nationwide program of, if you got a bed, it's got to be sprayed. I mean, that's as simple as that. Every bed well, has got to be sprayed. That's not going to get everything. And, you know, actually, you mentioned that, and that's kind of a, uh, an epidemic, a pandemic, or whatever you want to call it. Infestation. <laughs> An infestation. I just it's want to prove I can say country. the word. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, you, you looked into my mind and saw it. Uh, it's going on in this country, big time. New York's got the problem. A lot of places have yeah, it. Yeah, right but this now. is this is apparently just it's a problem and then some. It's it, it's mm-hmm. it's not just a few of the buildings or an area, the whole city, everywhere you go. And this is not a good thing. This is this oh. is this is uh, unhealthy, and they they've got to attack it like they're attacking uh, any other invader. They got to go out there. They've got to make it a point that if every single bed in that city has got to be treated, period. You just got to, if, if there's a bed in this building, you have to have uh, people go into the situation and spray it and make sure that it's cleared out. I don't care how old the bed is. I don't, I don't care uh, who sleeps in it, how clean they are. That's that's the only way you're going to beat this. Otherwise, you yeah, just... And uh, you can't just wash the blankets. You've got to, you've got to treat the mattresses. Yeah. You, you gotta spray the mat- them and well, you know what they usually are. They usually are behind the headboard. They're behind the headboard. If you literally, if you go into a, that's why a lot of the newer hotels and motels, the the headboard is attached to the wall. Literally, it's uh, the whole mm-hmm. thing. It's like part of the wall. It's not really a headboard of a bed. It just looks like it is because by attaching it to the wall, you don't have the beds, the bug, the bed bug situation. 
It's easier for me to say. But um, mm-hmm. so if you're going to France, uh, make sure you uh, bring some bed bug spray with you. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I, like I said, it's a beautiful city. It is a gorgeous city. And for this to happen, for them to have this problem, uh, I can't. It's unbelievable. You know, uh, I mean, this is, uh, and I would imagine it's a health problem, Bill. Well, yeah, you got to think, you know, bugs carry disease. Yeah. And, you know, the, you got bed bugs and you got the, you know, all the, they're, they're little critters and then you have the dead ones there and everything. You know, that, that stuff. I'm just getting piles itchy up. just talking about it. I was just going to say, you know, sometimes <laughs> when you talk about it, you start yeah, scratching. I start going, scratching. It's amazing. Because it's in your mind now. So if you're scratching right now, uh, go spray yourself. I don't. Hey, uh, this far left <laughs> New York judge uh, issued. Uh, a gag, gag order. order, but he didn't really issue a gag order. The, the press, you cannot trust these little weasels in the press anymore. They they talk about it like uh, Judge Engeron has issued a gag order against Trump. And everyone goes, oh, he's been gagged. Well, ha-ha, isn't that great? But it's not really a gag order per se. Uh, he, Trump put, put out a uh, tweet, or whatever they call it now, you know, it's now called X, so I, I guess mm-hmm. they call it something else. He put a message on X, formerly known as Twitter, and he was commenting about the fact that uh, Schumer is either dating or has a relationship of some kind with this judge's chief aide. And right. this this judge's chief aide, I think she sits like right next to him in the courtroom. Like she's there to interpret, almost like a translator. And apparently there was a picture of uh, her laughing it up with uh, Charles Chucky Schumer, the senator from New York. Uh, so Trump had made a comment about, you know, this is this is absolutely wrong. This relationship between her, her relationship with this judge, and then her relationship with Schumer, who's an uh, an enemy of uh, of Trump's. It just does it. It doesn't look right. It's inappropriate. So the judge issued a gag order that no more tweets and social media comments can be made about anybody on his staff by anybody involved in this case. It wasn't directed specifically at Trump. It wasn't like the Trump, you can't can't do it, but your aides can't. He did a blanket gag order, if you know what I'm saying. So... um, I, well, you know, he was I don't defending. Think, he was <laughs> defending his love, but either way, his love. You know, I got a question for you, Bill. Let's say he Trump says, "Okay, I'll be gagged. I won't put any social media things out there." But let's say he goes uh, home to Donald Jr. or Eric and says, Look, "Here's what happened. I think this, 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 and this." Can they put a message out? They're not involved. Oh. Neither are you. Neither am I. But I mean, so, he, if Trump wanted to get the message out, can he have uh, one of his people put the message out without saying well, it's directly from him? Well, you know, I guess he could, but then if the judge put two and two together on that, you know, it was, well, it's just like Trump put two and two together on the judge and his his lady. Well, no, and, no it, it was the picture. I, all I'm saying yeah. is that is that uh, or Schumer's lady, I should say, if. You have someone who is not connected with the trial put a message out saying that this is wrong, this is something which uh, shouldn't happen, Uh, look what happened with this uh, picture and this relationship with uh, the judge's associate and Chuck Schumer, and it's inappropriate, and I mean, all the things that Trump would have said. Well, you're talking about a news story and uh, opinion, and so anybody— should be able to put that out there, right? So I, I guess, I, I guess, this judge only has the power to silence people who are involved directly with the case, right? So if Trump wants to get the word out, he's going to get the word out, whether you know, directly or well, indirectly, is what I'm saying. Trump is going to push them until they do something really, really stupid, which they continue to do. But then again, who knows? Yeah, this time next week, Trump could be the Speaker of the House, and then if yeah, wouldn't that be they something? Go, <laughs> And then they go and move to impeach uh, Carmala and... Uh, Boy, you want to see the left's head spin? That'll do it. Oh, don't worry. Holy They'll come smokes. up with every reason why that can't happen. So, 
Uh, and, you know, don't hold your breath either. So. Uh, we have a new uh, senator from California, LaFonza Butler. She's a... Uh, Maryland, right? Yeah. Well, she lives in Maryland, but she's the new senator from California. She kind of covers work? both coasts. Pardon? How does that work? You know, you live in Maryland. I, I guess covering... what they're saying is that she just moved to Maryland, so there's a time period that you can move out of state, but still essentially be able to be... Uh, considered uh, uh, for positions in your former state, if that makes any sense at all. So it doesn't no, make it any doesn't. sense to me, but it, it makes sense for the Democrats because they probably uh, initiated this thing. LaFonza is, um, she covers all the bases. Uh, she is uh, an advocate of abortion. Uh, she was, I guess, a former uh, head of Emily's List, and um, she is a lesbian. Uh, I, I, I'm sure she covers any, all the other liberal things that I can't remember right now. I mean, she's, well, there's some she's, that you don't want to point out, but okay. Yeah, so she is now uh, the new senator from California. So many other people could have had that job and done a good job. I, I don't think she's going to be anything but another leftist uh, pawn on the you know, on the the playing field, or the political playing field right now. Um Interesting thing, Tucker Carlson, uh, he's doing a lot of speeches, too. He's out there doing mm-hmm. uh, speeches all over the place. Uh, and by the way, his new episode dropped, I think, yesterday. It's episode 27 on Twitter, and uh, his guest is Victor Davis Hansen. It's about 27 minutes long, and it's supposed to be really good. And I thought, well, Victor Davis Hansen, maybe... Maybe he's getting a week on his guest. Now, I like Victor Davis Hanson. He's a smart, smart guy, and I think he would be a very interesting guest. And I don't think I was alone because so far, it dropped on Tuesday. So far, he's got 36 million views on this episode. 36. Oh, that's peanuts. Yeah. Uh, but no, 36 million views on a great night on Fox. He might get three and a half or four million viewers. He has mm-hmm. 36 million already on, uh, on his Twitter show. But anyway, he was comparing in his speech on Friday what's happening right now to the Russian Revolution. I thought, my God, is there a parallel? Yeah, Uh, there is. Listen to this. But then last year I read the biography, which I would recommend to everyone in this room, of Peter Rangel, who was the leader of the revolutionary white forces during the Russian Revolution, Um, the Civil War, rather, that came after the revolution and he was a Baltic German living in Russia and a, a general worked for the Tsar. The war ends or Russia ceases its hostilities with Germany. He comes back to, to St. Petersburg and the country's in complete chaos and the Bolsheviks have decided that, you know, it's the, it's discontent within the army that we need to inflame and we need to get the army. I don't know if this sounds familiar to anyone here. Uh, but get the guns and the people who wield the guns. We need them. So the first thing they do is destroy all discipline in the Tsar's army. Complete. So Peter Rangel's just been on the front for four years. He comes back into St. Petersburg, totally civilized city, two-hour drive from Helsinki. I mean, it is Europe, okay? Whatever anyone tells you. And he's wandering through, and soldiers are going crazy in the streets. And they're raping women. They're stealing at gunpoint. Soldiers in uniform in a monarchy which had not had any behavior like this at all. And he, Peter Engel just can't even believe it. These are his soldiers. He's a general. And so he's, he's completely freaked out. And he goes into a movie theater. And everyone in the movie theater is completely absorbed in the movie. Like there's no revolution happening outside. And Peter Engel thinks these people are insane. So he goes back. He's like, I got to get to Moscow. So he takes the train to Moscow. I have to tell the Tsar this country's falling apart. He's very close to the Romanovs, the family. You should read this. It's it's just out in English translation in the last three years. It's an unbelievable book, lost to history until recently, to English speakers. So he goes back to Moscow, and he's close to the Romanovs. And so he goes into the imperial court, and he knows all the relatives, and there are millions of them hangers on, and he notices about eighty percent of the women in the Romanov family are wearing. Red ribbons, in solidarity with the Bolsheviks who wound up, of course we know how it ends, murdering them, murdering them in the basement at dawn. So, wait, what? Peter Rangel says, how is it that this country is being devoured by a violent revolution 
And the people who can afford movie tickets, that is kind of our middle class, are refusing even to acknowledge that it's happening. And the ruling class, against whom it is aimed, are sympathizing with it. And if this doesn't remind you of BLM, I don't know what does. I'm reading this on my porch. Like, man, I couldn't go to sleep. I was like, wait, I live in that country. That's happening now. This is a revolution. Its aim is to hurt you. Yes, that would include physically in the end. Sorry. If someone tells you you're not allowed to speak, if someone tells you your children are not your children, okay, these are not ideological differences. This is not, oh, I prefer, you know, this capital gains rate. These are totalitarian measures that treat you as non-human. Human beings, free citizens, get to say what they think. Slaves must be quiet. That's the distinction. So all this like, oh, it's in the First Amendment. No, yeah, it precedes the First Amendment. As our founding documents make clear, these are natural rights that distinguish the citizen from the slave. The human from the subhuman. We can't consider slaves fully human or we wouldn't enslave them. So anyone treating you as a slave considers you less than human. People don't pause to consider the implications of this. If someone says to you, I have a right to make your children hate you or to say weird, creepy sex stuff to your kids. What's your, what's a valid response to that? Well, in a healthy society, if someone says weird, creepy sex stuff to your eighth grader, you get your gun. Like, try that in Bulgaria. How do you think that's going to work? I mean it, too. Oh, you're calling for violence? Yeah. You trying to sexualize my children? What? Those are my children. That's totally not allowed. That's not, that, nothing like that is allowed. And I don't care if you claim you're a teacher or an administrator, you work for some creepy Soros-backed NGO. If you're trying to sexualize my children, I go right to force. And if I can't do that, I'm not really their father, am I? I'm serious. And I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of in that. And no, I'm not calling for, I don't I'm, I'm, I'm calling for applying natural law to American life. And if you refuse to do that, what happens? Well, we're watching what happens. They become increasingly aggressive. Wow. That was very well done. And he's absolutely correct. We're in a yeah. parallel situation right now. You know, uh, when Nero fiddles while Rome burns. Yeah, uh, it's not going to get better, though. It's got to, you know, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm. Uh, I I think that uh, people are starting to wake up. I I used to hear two years ago, uh, a lot of things have to happen before people start to understand mm-hmm. what's really go on, going on in our country because the majority of the people just aren't paying attention. And I found right. that hard to believe because I've been paying attention for quite some time as have you, Bill. But mm-hmm. then I realized, no, I think we really are in the minority, that there are just millions of people who have been watching their football games, uh, going to work, working on the car, mowing the lawn, and just not paying attention to politics until recently, because now it's starting to hit them personally in a lot of different areas, you know, the cost of fuel, things like that. As a matter of fact, you know, they want us to drive these electric cars. I came across something, Bill, which I think you will find interesting. You probably know all this stuff already. But in this article I have here, it showed this earth mover that you see at mines, like strip mines, that's about right. uh, four stories high. It's a truck, but mm-hmm. it's the size of a building, and it has huge wheels, and they use this. They they can earth move with it. Also, they can carry uh, a lot of the product away from the mine. In these, You can never drive this on the road because it would take up like the whole side of a, of a highway. But the caption said, a machine like this is required to move 500 tons of earth slash ore, which will be refined into one lithium car battery. It burns 900, the truck does, it burns 900 to 1,000 gallons of fuel in a 12-hour shift. Lithium is refined from ore using sulfuric, sulfuric acid, the mm-hmm. proposed lithium mine at Thacker Pass, Nevada, is estimated to require up to 75 semi-loads of sulfuric acid a day. The acid does not turn into unicorn food, the uh, caption says. Uh, refining lithium has created several EPA Superfund sites. 
It's a very toxic product to the environment, sulfuric acid. It says a battery in an electric car, uh, like a, a Tesla, 25 pounds of lithium, 60 pounds of nickel, 44 pounds of manganese, 30 pounds of cobalt, 200 pounds of copper, and 400 pounds of aluminum, steel, and plastic, averaging 750 to 1,000 pounds of minerals that had to be mined and processed into a battery that merely stores electricity. Uh, it says, yeah, and that's it says, a single battery. Yeah, a single battery. Electricity, which is generated by oil, gas, coal, water, and sometimes a tiny fraction of solar or wind. So what they're saying is you have to use all these big trucks that use fossil fuel to get that one little battery for your car. Well, yeah, you know, and you've heard about the car fires, and they, oh, they burn, yeah. they burn and burn and burn. Do you remember, God, this might be about 20 years now, mm. uh, there was the famous plane that went down in the Florida Everglades. Oh, yeah, and sure do. It had it, uh, their weight and balance was off, I believe. Yeah, it, it, I think it was, was it UPS, a UPS or Federal FedEx oh, plane? I thought it was actually a commercial airline, where the, but they had... Lithium batteries in there. No, it was a, it was a, I saw it on uh, air disasters. <laughs> you went okay. on on well, uh, then you, had, you got it right. But either way, they had lithium batteries on yeah, there. Yeah, they did. And it went down in the Everglade. It was a cargo jet, like a UPS seven forty seven. But all it did is carry cargo, and they took off on 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 this regular flight. They didn't package it properly, and they didn't secure it properly, and I guess they sparked. And within no time, they saw smoke coming into the cabin. And mm -hmm. at first, they kind of figured out it's something we can take care of. But they sent one of the guys back, and he never came back because I guess it was filled up with toxic smoke, yeah. and the, the guy died in the cargo area. Uh, you cannot throw – what is it? Uh, no, I, I've never done it. Don't know. But uh, isn't, isn't it the lithium battery? You do not throw it in the pool. Don't throw it in water. Oh, yeah. It'll, it'll explode. Yeah, it'll catch fire. Yeah, maybe not the second, right, that you throw it in. It's, somebody goes, oh, let's check this out. But it will, the water will get inside and it hits that lithium, and that's it. You know, um, you've seen little 9-volt batteries, little square 9-volt batteries. Mm -hmm. We we all think nothing of them. Those are the ones that have the two posts. You've seen them. We've all used them on different right. products. And when we're done with them, we have a tendency just to toss them in the garbage. But you got to be very careful sometimes because if you t throw them in the garbage, let's say, and it, then you throw in a piece of aluminum foil and it touches those two posts, it can, if it has any charge left, it can actually spark and cause a fire. Well, a battery can go dead and be apparently dead, but kind of rejuvenate. Yeah, and have that and get that spark. So, but you know the toxins that we just talked about that are in those batteries. You throw it away. It goes in the trash. It goes to a landfill. Yeah. Do you think that they have something that sifts it apart? No. That's why. That's why you sit there. Uh, you know, put your garbage in one container, and then the orange container or the green container, you put mm -hmm. your plastics in. You know, you're doing the separation because they can't do it when it gets to the dump or the landfill. So when you just inadvertently throw crap like that away. You know, we're talking about, you know, it's the green new did the Democrats. Oh, we got to go green. We got to go green. Who are they fooling? You know, uh, lithium going batteries. If you it buy is, an electric car, you're being fooled every every time you buy one. You're the biggest jackass dummy in the world. I know. Because you're lot, not helping. A lot of good people are sold a bill of goods. A lot of good people yeah. want to do the right thing. You've been suckered. Yeah, but trust me, at this point of the, the development of automobiles, uh, they're not practical. They don't hold charges for any length of time. You never can get the distance you've got in a fuel car. And when you have to charge them up, many times you have to spend an hour and a half or two hours in the service area recharging your car. Uh, it, it, they're nice. They're comfortable. They look great. They, they would be nice. They'd be even better if they had a gas engine in them. Well, sometimes when you charge a battery, it goes bad. Or it yeah. catches fire. I mean, there there's people that have the electric bikes, got the lithium battery. They go and they bring that thing home and they put it in their nice little condo or their apartment. Yeah. And they plug it in at night and they go to bed and all of a sudden, poof, 
that battery overheats, catches fire, and then, you know, then there's an electrical fire that they're in a room over here, and they got to come out this way and go through that fire to get to the escape. I mean, the thing that things- gets me is they they are so unpredictable, folks. They're so unpredictable. You see images of people who drive their Teslas up, they park them in the parking space, and they go and do their shopping, and all of a sudden, the car catches fire. I say yeah. I say Tesla. I'm using that as a. It can be any electric car. Okay. Uh, I've seen pictures on on uh, the internet that where they were Teslas, and I think they're a beautiful car. And I think mm-hmm. that Elon Musk is a giant, and he's really trying hard to do the right thing with his money. I just don't have confidence in the electric car. Uh, I I think maybe out of all the electric cars right now, his is the most uh, thought thoughtful. I mean, they've done a lot of work on it. It's been around longer than a lot of other companies, electric cars, but, uh, the battery is a battery. It is what yeah. it is. And unless they come up with, and there are other forms of the battery out there that uh, might be safer. And, but we're not, we don't have And the, the other thing we haven't even the... talked about bill is that most of the, the, uh, products are going to making these batteries come from China. Let's say we yeah. get into let's say we get into a war with China and all of our vehicles run on electric, and they decide uh, we're not going to give any more batteries. Well, think <laughs> about know. this. Okay, we mine a lot of lithium in this country, unless we sold the rights to China. Joe could have done that, but it takes fossil fuel to mine the stuff. Those big earth movers, mm-hmm. they're fossil fuel driven, and you yeah. know here Detroit is switching over to electric. At some point in time, and it might be already here, where we're going to hit a point to where, uh, you know what, we shut down the uh, uh, the uh, gas-producing, uh, you know, uh, engines, uh, the factories for those. We don't produce them anymore. Geez, and we can't do the, you know, we could sit there and technology ourselves out of any kind of uh, transportation. You heard about, uh, you heard Trump say last week when he was talking in front of the United Auto Workers that no matter what deal you put together, it's only going to be around for about two more years if you vote, if you vote Biden into office because his plan is to get rid of you. He, mm-hmm. he was doing a speech in a car engine plant, a big car engine plant, and... He was he was hitting home. They knew what he was saying. You vote for Biden, and this building's going to be closed within a couple of years. You guys are going to be out of work. Hey, look when when it's coming, you know when your industry is changing. You know, you and I know that damn good and well because we worked in the field of broadcast, mm-hmm. and you know we saw it coming. You know, with big corporations coming in, and all of a sudden. You know, what happened to uh, Cousin Mike here? You know, he was a great guy on the yeah. air. Well, well, his desk is still here, but they're taking that out today. Yeah, they let him go because of this. He was replaced with this. Well, you know, technology comes along. Things change. Well, this is happening in the auto and, industry. The thing that gets me about this, though, Bill, is that this isn't an improvement based upon technology. This is a political deal. This is politics interfering in, in the in the business of auto, automobiles. It's it's politics saying you you're not going to make a a fossil fuel car engine by 2030, so you better start tooling down right now and and getting rid of your uh, your fossil fuel engine facilities and start building uh, electric cars. This is not right, and folks. they're not clean to build, and no. they're not so they're not going to be around long. So basically. Yeah. I mean, you've got a transportation industry that, yeah, it's gas-driven now. Oh, it's going to be electric-driven. It's going to be nothing-driven. We're going to be back to horse and buggies, and you guys are out of a gig. Well, I'm sorry. speaking of gig, this one is done for the day. I just looked at the clock on the wall, and uh, we've used up our time. But the good news is, if you like what you heard today, we got more of it coming your way tomorrow right tomorrow, here. Tomorrow, 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 yes. yeah. Uh, also, if you want to reach us, say hello, uh, make a suggestion, or uh, just make a comment, our number is 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. And there's mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at jimandbill.com, and jimandbill at bill at mail.com. You know, we're available on Podbean. You look for It's Another Day, uh, You uh, and you'll find us there, the podcast. You can go to itsanotherday.com. You'll find us there. Uh, we got links at uh, 
you know, uh, jimandbill.com. You know so, what we uh, haven't heard in such a long time? Oh, geez, I don't know. We, There's a we, lot we, of things. We haven't heard Joe singing. You know, Joe's a, oh, a terrific yeah. singer. Would you like to hear a little bit of Joe singing? Yeah, as he takes I, I'd a, like to hear Joe. Hasta la vista, baby. We're out of here. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>